Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horse. I'm Mosey Truitt. I realize for, I think, this entire first season, I have not introduced myself or said my name. So for the record, my name is Mosey Truitt, and uh, yeah, I am the host of this podcast. I'm happy I'm remembering to say that because... I realize that's a thing most people do with their podcasts is they say who's speaking. So yes, this is Mosey. And this week on the podcast is just me. I don't I don't have a guest this week. And and yeah, it's kind of new for this season. I did quite a few episodes last season, just me, and I got quite used to it. But this season this is the first episode. So I'm kind of getting back in the swing of talking to myself (laughs) or talking to you guys. This is take two on this podcast already. So hopefully this one will be the one. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be doing an episode by myself because I really love um, talking with guests, but it's a little bit of a different experience than just talking to you guys like this, just me. So I'm happy I'm jumping back in and and yeah, bear with me if I'm kind of just getting back into the swing of talking to the mic and all of you. But I'm really excited for this week's topic because we're going to be talking about really, really influencing books that have shaped and inspired me a lot in my horsemanship. So all of the books that I'm going to be talking about today are books that have made a profound impact on me and and a profound impact on my horsemanship, Liberty Horsemanship, and what I do with the horses. I wanted to do this topic because I get a lot of people who, when they first find my page, they DM me or they email me and they ask me, where do I begin and where can I start looking? And, you know, I definitely would recommend that you check out my website. I've written a lot very specifically on my horsemanship there. And I have a lot of content, well, a fair amount of content out, I would say. I want to put out more um, and definitely listen to this podcast. There's been some amazing guests and I think this is a really good resource. Uh, And I do hope to be coming out with a lot more content soon to help anyone who wants to dive into this because I want to make it as... um, easy and uh, just a good experience for everyone so that if you're interested in this, that, you know, information is accessible. But also, I want to recommend some of these books because, first of all, people ask me for book recommendations. And also, these works of art or works of, eh, I'm going to say they're all art. They're all works of art in their own way. Um, They have really, really influenced me. And a lot of my horsemanship, again, is shaped because of these these really profound books. So I'm excited to share them with you guys to see if they have the same impact on you or, you know, if they influence you in a different way. I just think these works should really be out there for people to, to know that resources are out there and there's a lot of great information. So the beginning, these first few books I'm going to be talking about are more specific to training. And as the list goes on, it's going to go from sort of specific training horse-related books 
to a little bit more broad, um, a little more about life and um, still books that have, they've changed my life, but through that also really changed my horsemanship. So all of these relate to to my horsemanship, but I'm going to start with the little more specific to training books and then get a little bit broader. Okay, so let, let's start with number one. Number one is the first book that ever really influenced my horse training um, that I can remember when it comes to liberty horsemanship. And that book is called Reaching the Animal Mind by Karen Pryor. I'll be honest, I haven't read this book in quite a long time, but when I first found it and I first read it, it transformed the way I looked at all horse training. This book actually isn't specifically about horses. I think if I remember correctly, it is more focused on dog training, but everything basically applies um, the same. It, it's really more a book about learning theory and about how all mammals learn. So, you know, whether that's horses or dogs or humans or dolphins, you know, any mammal and, and even some fish. I think there's an amazing story about a goldfish um, <laughs> teaching how a goldfish learned in this book. So while it's not focused on horses, you can completely apply it to horses. And that's what I did. And it helped me to understand so much in the horse world. I think the most profound thing about this book is that I started to understand not just, you know, the horsemanship I was trying to go get into, but also all horsemanships I had ever seen a lot more. So learning about the operant conditioning and the four learning quadrants, which are, you might have heard of them, um, negative reinforcement, which you get a lot that's like pressure and release, um, positive punishment, negative punishment, and positive reinforcement. Uh, you might have heard some of these words thrown around on Instagram or um, in different training places online. Um, yeah, it's it's really great to know what these are and how some of the techniques that, you know, I would, that seemed almost uncomprehendable to me became a lot more comprehensible through this book. So, you know, whether you're doing traditional horsemanship or natural horsemanship, or you want to go into positive reinforcement training and liberty training, this book and understanding these concepts will really help you wherever you are to know why the things you're doing really work. I think one of the best things it taught me about, let's say, natural horsemanship um, was in the beginning, I felt like there were these kind of mystical techniques that I didn't personally like feel that drawn to and I, they never worked that well for me and they didn't feel very aligned with me. But I was a little stumped with why are these working? And I, and I got a lot of information about, you know, this is the natural language of the horse, or this is just the magical technique that running a horse around in a circle just magically speaks to their dominance. And, and, you know, these kind of like big words, like respect and, uh, dominance and leadership that 
kind of sounded good or understandable, you know, in theory. But when it came to the actual practices, I was kind of left wondering why does this work? And, um, and why doesn't it work for every horse? And, and I don't know, just something didn't always sit right with me about the explanations for why these things worked when they were a little bit esoteric. But this book and this information really, really helped me to see, again, not just in my own horsemanship, but in all the horsemanship I was looking at, why things worked and get a lot more clarity about um, how we learn and how horses learn, which I think is really, really important. So, you know, whatever your horsemanship style may be, and you don't have to do liberty horsemanship, this book will really help you to understand the horse and understand ourselves too, because we learn in this way as well. And when fear is used in learning and in teaching, there are certain consequences to that and certain um, things that kind of block the learning. So I just think it's a really great book to kind of get your idea or your head around these ideas and around um, learning because a lot of training, you know, at the base of it, it's about building communication and learning each other's language and building these cues together. So from a very training point of view, this book um, was really profound. Again, I haven't read it in a while, in quite a while, so I don't remember all of the, the details of it. Some of details I remember incredibly well, and they really, really helped me. And it was actually a book that I didn't read all at once. It took me a couple of years to finish because every time I'd reach a new chapter, a new point, it was so influential to me that I'd be kind of chewing on it for a while. And, uh, and it, it, even if you already do positive reinforcement or you know about the learning um, quadrants, because I did at the time that I was uh, reading this book, I already had a base knowledge of, of operant conditioning. But this book just took it to a whole new level. So if you're looking into, you know, if you want to do horse training or you want to understand horse training, I definitely recommend this book. Book number two is quite similar. It's definitely along the same lines of understanding learning and understanding horses and their minds and our minds. Um, but this book is actually a little more focused on horses, not a little more focused. It's actually completely focused on horses and it is by fair horsemanship. And I believe it's called fair horsemanship, humane science-based horse training. Now this is where you're going to feel a little bit bad because some of these authors, I don't know how to perfectly pronounce their name and I'm not sure I want to try because I might butcher it so bad. So um, you guys might know Fair Horsemanship. You should definitely look her up. Um, again, I'm really afraid I'm going to say the name incorrectly. So uh, her name is in the description. I'll put all the links to all these books in the in the show notes. So you can see her name there and you can look up this book. But anyway, Fair Horsemanship... She really does an amazing job, I think, of m making learning theory and these kind of 
sometimes intimidating topics. I don't think they actually are complicated and intimidating, but they can come off as that. She does a really amazing job of keeping it simple and keeping it really understandable. And if you're looking for a book that relates it to horses so that you can get a really clear view of um, what is learning theory and why it works in regards to horses specifically, this is a fantastic book. And all of her work is actually really fantastic. She has some amazing um, videos on YouTube and some a lot of free uh, content and a lot of free uh, posters, I think, and these drawings online that are really, really good at explaining uh, why all of this works and why training works. So I would definitely recommend if you want something a little more focused on horses that you check out this book and, and then you can just kind of directly apply it. So the third book that I'm going to recommend is actually not about training and not about horses. And this is where we're going to kind of veer off a little bit. Oh, wait, no, I'm wrong. Sorry. I skipped a book. I have one more book to do, and it is about horses. This book that I'm going to recommend next, number three, is The Five Roles of a Master Herder by Linda. I could attempt to say her last name, and I probably should, but I'm not going to because I am notoriously bad at pronouncing names. So I'm really sorry, Linda. Um, Linda blank. Um, again, her name is going to be in the show notes, so I am quoting her, but, um, anyway, this book was really inspiring to me. I actually only read this book, I think this past year, and I went to a talk of Linda's that was phenomenal, where basically she talked about the origins of the horse or the animal human connection, which just, Oh, fascinates me. I am so, so intrigued by that and, and inspired. So when I went to her talk and I saw this like presentation she was giving about the origins of animal human connection, I, I, yeah, I was just like blown away and I got the book and the book, um, actually dives into these five roles of a master herder. So, it's about leadership and, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, but I also don't want to, uh, I don't want to mess up if, cause it's been again, a little bit of time since I've read this book, but, um, Linda, I believe is, she wrote this book, I think in a way that even if you're not a horse person, these roles can help you in your business and these roles can help you lead and, um, kind of drive a really effective um, corporate situation or probably home situation. Um, so it's very practical to your human life too, not just with horses, kind of through the lessons of the horse, how can you apply it to your own life? But she also talks about the roles of horses in the herd and how they are you know, not these fixed roles we think of where there's just the dominant and the dominant and the leader are the same horse. And you know, they rule everything. She really breaks down these five roles that she's coined that, um, that you see in every herd and how they all are just as important and how in our society, as well as kind of reflected in the way we view horses, we don't value certain roles. 
or at least I found this to be true, that the role of like nurturer companion, just as vital as any of the other roles. Um, but I feel like that is very not not valued compared to like the role of the dominant and I think you kind of see this in business and it reflects in horse training you know there's a lot of horse training focused on dominance and not really including the whole picture of what it is to be a healthy balanced horse or healthy balanced human so I really really like this book for understanding horses a little bit better and um, understanding ourselves better too. So definitely recommend this book. I think she has a lot of amazing books. Uh, this one just happened to be the, the first I really dived into and, and have read in the past year. And it had a, it had a pretty good, uh, influence on me. So I, I think it will, it will for you too. Now, book four, we're going to get into the less horse-focused books, but into books that are just as influential on my personal horsemanship and the way that I relate to horses. And the first book, number four, actually, is called Nonviolent Communication. This book, I only found it a couple of months ago because of Nina Polo. Uh, She introduced it to me, and if you have been listening to the podcast, you've probably heard one of my episodes with Nina. But when I started reading this book, I I got so excited because it just called to me. It felt so right. And everything I was reading on the first page, actually before I even started it, just what I heard about this book and what I heard about the concept of nonviolent communication, it lit me up. I was so, so into this. And now that I, you know, I'm reading the book and I will be really honest with you, I have not finished this book and I'm recommending it. Um, But I think that's okay because I just feel so, um, so in love with this book, honestly, and with the whole concept of nonviolent communication. This book is more focused on how we communicate with other humans and switching from a kind of communication that is maybe harmful or violent in some way. And and we don't really think of our communication as quote unquote violent, but when you start reading this book and you hear the definition and what they mean by nonviolent communication, you can start to see how your conversation or your dialogue with other people and even with yourself can sometimes be focused in a way that might cause more harm than it needs to and isn't actually asking for what you really want and isn't actually completely true to yourself. So this book has really influenced how I communicate with other humans in a wonderful way and has really solidified some of my own um, natural tendencies and how I communicate and um, my beliefs around Um, human interaction and connection so yeah it's definitely had a giant impact on me with other humans which is so important and through that it has also had a really big influence on me with the horses because I mean everything we do with horses is really 
if it's not about, it, it is usually about communication. Um, and even if it's not about communication um, specifically, it includes communication. And I think the concepts of nonviolent communication apply so beautifully to horses. And I think I've just become um, an even kinder, more compassionate human um, from the concept of nonviolent communication. And that, of course, also influences my relationship with the horses and how I relate to them. So I don't know how deep I should go into the concepts of nonviolent communication because it's it's simple, but also there's a lot to a lot to read here and it's it's really wonderful. So this book has influenced how I see myself, which has been a big theme this year and um, it's just a really it's a huge part of horsemanship in my eyes. So I'm going to read just something off the cover here since I have it so you can get a better idea of what this is. The first quote on the very cover of this book is, if, quote, violent means acting in a way or in ways that result in hurt or harm, then much of how we communicate could indeed be called violent communication. And then it has a little thing in the middle that basically says, Nonviolent communication, a language of life, empathy, collaboration, authenticity, and freedom. <laughs> this is a really good book. Um, I'm going to read one more quote from the back. It doesn't like encompass the whole thing, but I think it's a good quote. It says, nonviolent communication shows us a way of being very honest without any criticism, insults, or put downs, and without any intellectual, intellectual diagnosis implying wrongness. Oh, that's actually something I love about this book. I'm really, really into diction and into the words we use and why we use them. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know I've written quite a few posts about, you know, the language we use with horses and why I think it's important to use the accurate language rather than um, kind of putting in the word that we think sounds prettier. Uh, but anyway, all that aside, I'm very, very into language and find it very, very powerful. And I think what I love also about nonviolent communication is that it really takes out the idea of wrongness and rightness or good and bad. Um, because with those concepts comes a lot of judgment. And I find that the more compassionate I become, the less judgment and less wrong and right I I care to encompass in my life and in my language. So this book just feels really aligned with all the other things I feel um, about kind of my philosophies of life and horsemanship and how I want to live. And I think it also allows you to be incredibly kind and nonviolent to others while very deeply respecting and um, honoring your own feelings and needs and wants and desires. So it's this really beautiful balance of um, accountability and compassion and respect for yourself and for everyone. All right, book number five, I believe we're on. 
this book does not specifically have to do with horses at all, but it does have to do with creativity. And I find creativity to be a huge part of my life with horses. And this book, you've probably heard of it, is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, a name I can actually say. Um, This book to me is just revolutionary and so important in all aspects of my life. It's about creativity and about the creative process. And again, it's another book that's really kind and compassionate towards yourself when it comes to these things. And it really influenced me to want to live my greatest, biggest, fullest life. And that is a life of creativity and a a life um, inspired by creation This book really has helped me a lot with fear and has inspired me to want to be very courageous. It really helped me also with perfectionism and finding the courage to live the life I wanted to live and identify some of the things that were holding me back. The way it's helped me with horses, I think it's given me a lot of permission to explore and create the ways that in the ways that I really want to. I think of my life with horses as such an, a creative endeavor. Um, creativity with the horses is really, really important to me. It's important to me that the horses feel creative themselves and that I also feel creative. And I think of a lot of the play that the horses and I do together as making art. And I think that's my favorite part about the training is letting the horses really come up with their own ideas and feel inspired and ah, just create, basically. Um, And a lot of that has to do with giving them the freedom to create and listening to what they have to offer. So I find that, or I like to base a lot of my horsemanship off of creativity. Um, And this book, I think just helped me dive deeper into that and see the places where maybe I was limiting myself. I feel like this podcast, for instance, I don't remember if I, because I just recently read the book again, and I don't know, um, I don't know if this podcast, if I started it before or after I read it, but I feel like it had a pretty big influence on either starting it or keeping it going. Um, giving me the courage to just jump in and try. And now it's one of my favorite things to do. So this book actually, of all these books, I feel like of the podcast itself has the most influence um, because I feel like it's the kind of essence of this book that helped me to do this and to you know express myself in this way and create something new. So Definitely for life, I recommend this book. And and for inspiration with the horses, I also really, really recommend this book. And here we are at number six. The book I'm, I'm going to recommend is one of my favorite books by probably my favorite author, um, especially right now because I just love her so much and I've talked about her on the podcast before, but it's Brene Brown. And the first book I'm going to recommend by her is The Gifts of Imperfection. 
this book oh my god this book this book is just so beautiful I think right now of all these books this book um has changed me the most Brene Brown's work in general has changed me so much and I love her and I love all the things she has to say and the gifts of imperfection changed the way that I related to myself and thus the way I related to everyone else and invited so much self-compassion and authenticity into my life. Yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure where to start on this book because it's just, I feel like so many of the topics, honestly, of this podcast have been heavily inspired by uh, this book and um, Brene Brown's work. She talks about vulnerability and about shame. Um, I'm going to read you a couple quotes. I don't know if these quotes are from this book or from uh, Daring Greatly, which is the other book I'm going to recommend by her, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read you some quotes so you get some idea of what we're talking about here. So the first one, owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we'll ever do. Brene Brown. <laughs> loving yourself. That's a, that's a big one here. This, this book really, really, uh, has helped me in that area. Okay. Another, another quote. Daring to set boundaries is having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. That's a great quote for with people because I definitely have struggled with that. Um, setting boundaries is not very natural to me. Conflict is not very natural to me. Um, but that that whole concept has really, really uh, influenced me. And, you know, with people, but also with horses, because sometimes we need to set boundaries and to not feel mean and to know also the difference between a boundary and, and how that is actually linked to compassion versus um, being dominating or just like telling people what to do or telling horses what to do and um, kind of with horses, like overstepping our, our bounds, I guess. So she's also helped me a lot when it comes to uh, boundaries and accountability with the horses and specifically um, about f knowing the difference between not wanting to be mean or not wanting to take more than is my right to take and being very ethical because that's really, really, um, that's a value that's really important to me, but still being able to make boundaries and that it's healthy and compassionate and all that good stuff. Okay, another one because I I really I really love this book. Vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. I believe that one is from Daring Greatly. And we'll do one more cuz uh cuz I like these a lot. Authenticity is a collection of choices we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest. The choice to let our true selves be seen. Yeah, man, man, Brene, Brene, you're so, yeah, I could go on and on about Brene. These are probably the two 
my top two books to recommend. If you're going to read any books on this list, um, these, these ones, they're all amazing books, but these ones are my top, I think, for, for really influencing, uh, really everything in my life and how I relate to myself, which has everything to do with horse training and horse relationships, in my opinion. So the first book by her is The Gifts of Imperfection, The Gifts of Imperfection. And then a little bit later she came out with Daring Greatly. They're both amazing books. Um, I think she has on her website if you want to see where you want to start. I think she recommends starting with Gifts of Imperfection and then um, going to Daring Greatly and onward. But honestly, you don't really go wrong with either. I recommend reading both. Uh, Gifts of Imperfection first, then Daring Greatly. It's really, it's really amazing stuff. All right, on to book number six. No, maybe we just did six, seven. I think it's seven. The next book I want to recommend. Again, we're getting farther away from horse training, but still very influential to me. The next book I want to recommend is The Alchemist. You've probably heard of it and if you haven't no worries you should look into it now and I will tell you why The Alchemist is a really short book it's a little fable um, basically about following your dreams and your personal legend I'm not going to go too much into this one because I think it can, it really does speak for itself and it's it's not that long and you can just kind of dive right into it but yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's short. It's it's really profound and beautiful. And it relates to me with horses because I find, personally, they feel like such an important part of my path and of what I'm here to do. So, of course, for me, it feels very linked. Um, but really, you know, it, whether you feel drawn to work with horses or not, um, this is obviously just a fantastic book that that I would recommend to anyone. Last, our final book, number eight, I think. <laughs> this book is also um, not a horse book, but has definitely influenced my life with the horses. And this book is Women Who Run With the Wolves. I definitely recommend this book to women, all women, um, but I also recommend it to when, men. I definitely, yeah, men should read this book. Um, this book is basically a collection of myths and stories of the wild woman archetype. And yes, I definitely read that off the cover. It is kind of like my female Bible. <laughs> it is something I go back to all the time. Sophie from Sophie's Horse Tales and I were talking a little bit um, a couple weeks ago, if you listen to that episode, about rewilding and, um, and the importance of connecting back to our wild nature. And for women, this book to me is the epitome of that, which is kind of all it's exactly what it's about it's about the wild woman archetype so um not a big jump there but it 
really there's something profoundly magical about this book and um, if you're looking to connect back to your wild or to dive into rewilding or to know those wild places of your soul and to embody more in that of that of that nature that is inherently yours there's something in it that reawakens you I feel like it's infused with magic of some sort it it has power in its words and power in the story and it has definitely helped to reawaken me and I think it I think it just speaks to the soul and reawakens those who read it so yeah I'm not going to go too deep into um into like quotes or anything of this one because it's it's not really like that. It's like stories with analyze stories with anal analysis. Yeah, analysis. And um and they all speak very deeply, I feel like, on a soul level. But I think I will read a little bit off the first page because I remember when I read the first page for the first time, there was a fire that lit within me. And um yeah, I just I think Hopefully this won't be too long to read, and I am having a hard time reading today, so this might be a lot for me to do. <laughs> this might be a lot for me right now. Um, but I, th I think it's pretty, pretty beautiful, so I'm just going to read a little bit. Wildlife and the wild woman are both endangered species. Over time, we have seen the feminine instinctive nature looted, driven back, and overbuilt. For long periods, it has been mismanaged like the wildlife in the wild lands. For several thousand years, as soon and as often as we turn our backs, it is relegated to the poorest land in the psyche. The spiritual lands of wild women have, throughout history, been plundered or burnt, dens bulldozed, and natural cycles forced into unnatural rhythms to please others. It is not by accident that the pristine wilderness of our planet disappears as the understanding of our own inner wild nature fades. It is not so difficult to, to comprehend why old forests and old women are viewed as not very important resources. It is not such a mystery. It is not so coincidental that wolves and coyotes, bears and wildish women have similar reputations. They all share related instinctual archetypes, and as such, both are erroneously reputed to be ingracious, holy, and innately dangerous and ravenous. Sorry, I kind of messed up some of the words there. <laughs> I am having a hard time reading, but this, this book is um, pretty special, and pretty important and I feel like anyone who wants to explore into the wild of horses and of their own nature and who feels connected to the earth and the wildlands and the animals and the other humans in their lives should not should I don't like that word but will benefit from reading this book so there you have it. Those are probably the most influential books on my horsemanship that I would love to know if you have read these, you know, any of these. I would love to know what you think of them. 
If you decide to read one of these books after listening to this podcast, I would love to hear what you think of it. I really, really would. I would I'd love to start a conversation about these books. And get suggestions too. If you have suggestions of topics, I would love to hear. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice coming back to just having a, a solo episode. Hopefully it's been okay to listen to. So once again, thank you guys all so much for listening. If you like this episode or like the show, it makes my day so much. It makes my week. And also it makes such a big difference for the, for the podcast. If you feel like writing a review on iTunes, um, or rating and subscribing on iTunes, um, yeah, it just, it really helps this podcast out. It helps me so that I can keep it going because I'm, I'm hoping to make this like just a weekly every day, all the time thing, not every day, but every week thing for the long run and get it out of seasons. So writing a review on, on iTunes really, really helps me and really, really helps the podcast. Um, and honestly, guys, just, I appreciate it so much. It's the best to look at what you have to say about the podcast and your reviews and yeah and and you know even if you obviously haven't rated or reviewed or subscribed thank you just for listening it means so much to me that you that you're here spending your time so thank you so much thank you for listening and yeah i will see all of you guys next week with a brand new episode on friday slash saturday i think for a lot of people living on the other side of the world See you then. Bye.